God. Well, before I want to minister to you this morning, we're going to continue Pastor's Attention Theology series. Um, and before David became king, we all, most of us would know who King David was. He was a close friend with King Saul's son, Jonathan. In fact, their relationship was so close, we are told in 1 Samuel 18 that David loved Jonathan as his own soul and their souls were knit together. In a battle on the same day, Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, lost his grandfather, and he, who was King Saul, and his father, Jonathan. And to add to this, he became lame, so he couldn't walk anymore on that same day. He was a child. As word reached the palace that King Saul and his son Jonathan had been killed, Meshibotheth, it's really, I'm going to struggle with this all day today. I've been trying to say it a hundred times over just to make myself know it. But Mephibosheth's nurse grabbed him because in that day, if the king and his son, uh, or if the king was killed, then whoever was next in line was going to be king. And there were a lot of, unfortunately, people who wanted to be king, as probably there are today. And so they would destroy the seed of the king so that they could become king. So the nurse grabbed Mephibosheth to run out and to flee to protect him. But as she was running, she dropped him. And he became lame on both his feet. And Mephibosheth grew up living in a place called Lodabar, being cared for by a man called Maker. By the time we get to our reading this morning in 2 Samuel 9, if you want to turn there, David was established as king over all Israel. And David desired to honour and show kindness to any descendant of Saul because of his love and his friendship with Jonathan. He had the power to do this because he was the king. Zeba, one of Saul's servants, was brought before the king and he told the king that Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son, was still alive. So let's pick up our reading. I know I've had a long introduction, but I wanted you to know the background of the story. So let's stand in the honour of the word of God. We're just going to read a couple of verses. 2 Samuel chapter 9, and we'll start reading from verse 5. 2 Samuel 9. Then King David sent and fetched him, referring to Mephibosheth, out of the house of Maker, the son of Emil, from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Verse 11, and this is David speaking, As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And our last verse, verse 13. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, which means he didn't return to Lodabar, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both his feet. 
This morning I've entitled my thoughts, when love breaks the rules. When love breaks the rules. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence that we already feel in this room. We pray, God, that you anoint my lips of clay, Lord. You bring revelation to your people. We're asking you, oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. In the Bible, it refers to God as king and supreme over everything. And at other times, the Bible refers to God as friend. And this morning, as we continue this theory, this series that Pastor has been on, on one end of the tension is God as king. And on the other end of the rope or the tension is God as friend. And it refers to God as king and supreme over everything. But other times, it refers to him as our friend. I'm sure we can all agree this morning that the way we would treat or behave around a king is different from the way we would behave or treat around our beer, around our friends. We may go to a friend's house, open their fridge, eat their food, put our feet up on their lounge. But I cannot see us doing that at Buckingham Palace. In fact, Pastor Stan and Sister Robin visited it the other day and I can't imagine, if, can you imagine if they went in and opened Queen Elizabeth's fridge and put their feet up on their tables? It definitely would have been a short visit and make the headlines around the world. Friendship implies certain connotations of equality and sharing. Friends are grant, granted certain rights and privileges that lead to an intimacy not shared with everyone. But friendship does not mean that relationship diminishes royalty. When we are born again, we are born into the kingdom of God. If we want to understand the kingdom of God, we need to start with an understanding of the king of that kingdom. There is no question or doubt in my mind. The God of the Bible is the King of Kings. Amen. There is no other great, there is no greater king than the king that we know. There is no other greater throne than the throne of our God. Amen. Colossians 1.13 tells us, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his, his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. You and I who have been born again have been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and we have been put into the kingdom of God. Amen. That's something to rejoice about this morning. Hallelujah. First Chronicles 29, 11 says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the, in the heaven and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Amen. God is the A to Z of our lives. Amen. He is our king. He is our Redeemer. He is our Savior. He is our Lord. He is everything from the beginning to the end in our lives. And I wholeheartedly reject the theories of evolution. God is the creator of all things. Yeah. 
You may be happy to accept that your ancestors were apes, but as far as I am concerned and I believe that God formed man from the dust of the ground and it was God that breathed his, lung, his breath into man. Hallelujah. Yet we find this tension with this incredible idea that that God, the God who is our redeemer and our creator and our deliverer, that God, that he wants to be our friend. Greater love has no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. And he went on after that and he said, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. In Bible days, you were forbidden to be in the presence of a king if you were lame, if you were blind or imperfect in any way. But in our reading this morning, King David, out of his love for his friend, Jonathan, he broke that rule. The king, because he had the power and the authority to do so, reached out in love to the imperfect and showed mercy. He showed compassion and he restored him because of his love for his friend. And understand that the king of kings broke the rule that demanded payment for your sin and my sin. He reaches out this morning in love to you and I. We are imperfect because of sin, but God has shown us mercy. And he continues to show us mercy. Not once, not twice, but the Bible says that every morning when the sun rises, which I know that it rose this morning, that God's mercies on you and every day that you are alive on this earth when you see the sun arise you can know that God's mercy is extending its hand to you hallelujah why why would God do that because of his love for us as his friends the king of kings and the lord of lords loves us but this tension exists between God as my king and God as my friend. As my king, he is my creator. As my friend, he is my savior. As my king, he is my protector. But as my friend, the Bible says he will stick closer to me than a brother. God is my saviour, but one day the Bible says he's going to sit on his throne and he is going to be our judge. God is always my king, but he is also always my friend. It is in my perception and your perception, my thought life, or my thought patterns and your thought patterns and our behaviour to what God is in our life and so the tension arises if you keep reading in 2nd Samuel 9 you will see how David as a king commanded Ziba Saul's servant to restore everything that was Saul's back to Mephibosheth and his son he was restored and made one, as one of the king's sons David declared this himself David as king had the authority to do that and his commandment and he commanded and it had to be obeyed. And God as our king has supreme authority. 
and through the ransom of him giving his own life, he restores us to righteousness and places us in right standing as children of the Most High. Just as David restored Mephibosheth as one of the king's sons, God stands here today and he has restored us as one of God's children once again. Hallelujah. Unfortunately, as a human, many times, I desire relationship rather than hierarchy. I would rather receive affirmation and love from a friend over authority and lordship of a king. If we are completely honest this morning, no one likes to be told what to do. Can I hear an amen? I was a bit worried there. I thought I was the only one. And when this happens... This can lead to picking and choosing what I will accept as truth from the word of God. So that God is my king, is a more comfortable, God is my friend is a more comfortable scenario than God is my king. But understand this morning that truth is truth. Whether I see God as my king or as my friend, his word does not change. His truth does not change. Amen. As the king, God commanded or God maintains his kingdom through his power. As subjects within his kingdom, God empowers you and I to fulfill his purpose. Within the kingdom, our focus is conquering the enemy in our lives. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through him that loved us and for us to be defending the truth of his word. In fact, the Bible tells us that the apostles gave their lives for this truth. In Acts 5, the apostles were beaten by the rulers of that day for preaching or for healing, for uh, praying and, some, and a man being healed. And they were beaten, but they couldn't keep them. And when they walked away, the Bible says that they rejoiced. Why? That they were counted worthy to, to suffer for the name of Jesus. They defended the truth unto death. God's kingdom is purpose in what its destiny is. As a subject within the kingdom, I must be aware of where the kingdom of God is going. Am I in alignment with his kingdom and his, and his purposes? The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. That speaks love, but he speaks also as king, that he has the authority to do that. God, the Bible says he has the authority over the enemy. And if, we, if he has authority over the enemy, the Bible says that he has given us the authority over the enemy also. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. God's kingship needs to become more of a root of each, in each one of our lives. If our perception of God as king is accompanied by wonder and awe at his greatness and glory, we learn to trust the author of our story of what he is doing in our lives. We realize that the great story that shapes our life is part of God's story of redemption for mankind. I want to ask you this morning, why wouldn't you want to eat at the king's table? 
Please understand how Mephibosheth would have felt being summoned to go before the king. He was lame. He referred to himself as a dead dog. Lame people were not allowed in the presence of the king. It was not protocol. Yet love broke the rules. Can you imagine the thoughts that would have been going on in Mephibosheth's head? I don't belong here. I am imperfect. I am useless. I would be better off back in Lodabar where it didn't matter that I was lame. I don't belong at the king's table. The Bible was very specific when it told that last verse that we read that it said that Mephibosheth ate continually at the king's table. Then there was one more short sentence. And he was lame on his feet. We already knew that. It didn't need to be repeated. Yes, it did. Because it, proved, it showed again that love broke the rules. He didn't belong there. He didn't belong there. But when he was sitting at the table, I'm sure you wouldn't have even been able to see his feet. They didn't have to move from there when they were eating. He was sitting at the king's table. I wept as I, was, as I felt the Lord speaking to me. I, in fact, I was speaking to Brother Bully at Bible school on Tuesday night. I said, I don't know where I'm going to go with this. I don't know what God is wanting me to speak. And then over the next few days after that, when this came to me, when God was speaking to me about Mephibosheth's lameness and how he was called to the king's table because of friendship. David was his king, but he also was his friend. The enemy lies to you and I and says that you and I, that we are not good enough for God's love. You don't belong in the house of God. You don't belong with Christians. You are not worthy to be in God's presence. You would be better off back in the, in the world. But the king of all kings broke the rules because of his love. And he declares that you are worthy. You and I are worthy this morning. Yes, you do belong in the house of God. Yes, you are worthy of his presence. Yes, we can stand righteous before him, not because of anything that you and I have done, but simply because of his love as our friend. And because he is king, he is able to do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why wouldn't you want to eat at the king's table? I ask you this morning, why wouldn't you want to be set free from sin? Why wouldn't you want to be set free from the bondages and addictions that the enemy has laid upon us? 
God offers you and I salvation this morning through being born again by water baptism and being filled with his spirit. If you are here this morning and you've never experienced God or you've never been born again, this morning is the day that you need to make that declaration because the King is calling you to his table. The King is your friend is calling you. Do not be deceived into believing that God or the Christianity is not for you. For God so loved the world, every human being that has ever been born and will be born until Jesus comes back again, he is worthy. They are worthy. We can choose to be a friend of God or we can reject him. Just as we can accept people's friends' requests on social media like Facebook. Just because someone sends you a request does not mean you automatically, well, you might, but I find it difficult to accept a friend request of someone I don't know. I'm not good with social media. In fact, I, I blocked someone that I didn't, shouldn't have, well, I didn't even know I blocked them. And then I'm trying to tag them in something and uh, it wouldn't tag. And I said to them, no, they're like, you must have blocked me. I was like, I would never, I don't even know how to block anybody. So I opened my laptop and I go in and I show them, I say, say, look. And they went to the thing, it's like, you did block me. Oh, my gosh. Honestly, the ground could have opened and I would have... I was mortified and I said, you know what, that's Steph's fault. I don't know how to do anything. She's mine. <laughs> In fact, she'll text me. She'll say, Mum, you've got some friend requests or someone has sent you a message. So if I ever ignore you, please don't think it's personal. <laughs> but we can accept or reject God's friendship and God's lordship or kingship over our lives. There is a context where love is displayed. Love is a verb. It is a doing word. He said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Any parent ever use that on their children? If you love me, you'll do what I say, especially when they're teenagers. Yes, I have. Putting a, spirit, a Bible verse in there seems to put spiritual emphasis on it, so it gives it more clout, you know. If you love me, you'll do what I say. That's Bible, do what I say. But God expects us to obey his word. And this is when the tension arises. God, as my king, merges his lordship with his friendship and declares, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. An author by the name of Brene Brown says this, spiritual connection and engagement is not built on compliance. It's a product of love, belonging and vulnerability. God is my king and I belong in his kingdom. My love for him is what compels me to do what he asks. I obey God because he is my king. Hallelujah. Amen. I want, where's my two young men? Come out. I'm going to use the, the rope just for the sake of consistency. Amen. So, Jimmy, you're, 
You're representing God as king. And bro, you're ex you're, you are God as our friend. So hold it tight, the tension between it. So I obey God because he is my king and I'm obligated to obey. But rather because love responds to love. The Bible says in 1 John 4, we love him because he first loved us. My desire is to be spiritually connected to him. And that is from a love relationship. He is my king and he demands obedience, but I love him. So it comes out that I obey him, not because I'm made to, but because I love him and because I want to please him. That is the reason why the tension becomes tight. I love God as my, God is my king, but I love him and I will obey you. Hallelujah. You can stay there for a moment. Hallelujah. And the love for my king compels me to be loyal. So how or where can we find the balance between God as my king and his subject and God as my friend? The love for my king compels me to be loyal and honour his kingdom and be faithful unto death. David's men were loyal to him. They valued his life and loved him and wanted to please him. And while David was on the run, in a town of Bethlehem must have been a really cool well of water because when David was on the run from his son Absalom and, and he was in the desert or wilderness, he said he's, he just made a comment like, you know, you would say, I wish I had an ice cream right now and someone would go and buy you the ice cream. He just said, oh, that I would have a drink of water from the well in Bethlehem. And these three men, they broke through the Philistines' enemy's camp and they went and they got a flask of water and they filled it with this water for David and they brought it back to him and they said to him, King, we love you. We love you so much that we're willing to risk our lives. The, the men were not demanded or commanded as a king. They, he was, they were not commanded to go and get the water. But because of the love, the great love that these men had for their king, that they would fight the enemy, that they would go and get some water for him. David was so overcome. He's like, he poured it out as a sacrifice. Thank you, guys. He poured it out as a sacrifice unto God. He said, these men risked their lives for me. I cannot drink it. He gave it as a sacrifice unto the Lord. These mighty men were not forced, but they did it out of love. And I come back to the tension we are speaking about this morning. Does the love you have for your king compel you to be loyal and honoured to and honour his kingdom? To be willing to give our lives for him. How can I honour God in his kingdom? By the way I live my life. The way I pour out my life and serve others in his kingdom. This is what the Bible calls stewardship. 
and stewardship touches every area of our lives. It is a commitment to present myself, as it says in Romans 12 too, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Hallelujah. This is not just another thing I need to do, but it is a way that I see everything I do through the eyes of his great love, through the eyes of the sacrifice that the King of Kings made for you and I at Calvary. 1 John 2, 3 in the Amplifies says this, and this is how we know daily by experience that we have come to know him to understand him and be more deeply acquainted with him. It says, if we habitually keep focused on his precepts and obey his commandments or his teachings. God is speaking to us this morning. Yes, he is our king, but God is our friend. And it is that love that we have for the Lord that will drive us to do things like fight the enemy for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of our king. I wonder where you are at this morning and how seriously you take your walk with the Lord. Is God just a Sunday thing to you? Do we struggle in day-to-day living to be in the presence of the King of Kings? It's okay, he's my friend. I don't need to present myself before the King of Kings today. Yes, he is our friend, but God has commandments that he desires us to obey. And we obey them, as I read earlier, not out of compliance, but because of the deep, great love that I have for my Saviour. I challenge you this morning of where is your love for the king this morning? Where is for him that said greater love has no man than this and he laid down his life for his friends? God is calling you to go beyond just seeing God as your king. We reverence, we honour and we obey. But it comes to a point like David's men from the intimacy they had with him. They fought with him. They saw him in battle. They struggled together. They did everything together that they were willing to risk their lives for him out of love. When David left Jerusalem because of Absalom, Mephibosheth said to his servant Ziba, he said, saddle my ass, I want to go with the king because there were people that went with David that left with him and Ziba wouldn't do it for him and Ziba, when David was on his way back, he went and gave him food and, you know, was honouring him and David said to him, where is Mephibosheth? And Ziba lied and he said, oh, well, when you left, he said, well, now, now my, my father's kingdom is going to be restored to me. And so when David eventually came before Mephibosheth, he said, Mephibosheth, why didn't you come with me? And he said, King David, I wanted to, 
My love compelled me. I wanted to come. But Zeba would not saddle my ass, ass and I'm, I'm lame on my feet. He said, can you see? Since you've left Jerusalem, I haven't trimmed my beard, haven't changed my clothes. I've been in mourning. Not because you're my king, but because of the love I have for you. And many times the enemy will come and lie to us of what the king thinks or has said and deceives us and we believe it but God is saying this morning I love you I will never walk away from you yes I am your king but my love never ends and how can we show that love this morning is by daily increasing our relationship with him being in his presence studying his word, learning about our king, where we, we become intimate with him. So the tension arises this morning for us to go from being God, just God as our king, and moving it along to where God is our friend. And we do things out of love, not out of, a beat, not out of having to but out because we want to. How wonderful it is when someone does something for you beyond what you've asked them to do. And they, you may say, well, why did you do that? And they say, because I love you. There's no other reason. And there is no other reason. Yes, God has saved our soul, but beyond that, the reason why we do what we do needs to be because of our great love for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That regardless of where I am and what happens in my life, God is still God and God still loves me. You and I belong at the king's table. Never let anybody tell you differently. You may walk away from God. You may fail God. You may be lame in some way because of sin. But God is saying you belong at my table. You belong at my table. You belong at my table. You can feast at my table. You can find repentance at my table. You can find grace at my table. You can find mercy at my table. All because of his great love. Who is Satan being lying to this morning that you don't belong here? that God doesn't want you, that is a lie from the enemy that we have come to destroy this morning. You do belong here. You are part of the body of Christ that is here. Never let Satan lie to you about that. You can stand righteous and holy in his presence because of what he did on Calvary for you. Hallelujah. Let's all stand this morning. I feel such a strong presence of the Lord this morning, drawing you, the King of Kings, in his great love, is drawing you to his table. Why wouldn't you want to eat at the King's table? 
If you've never repented of your sins, today you can do that. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, why would you want to walk another day in your sins? Today the Bible says God can wash away, your sins can be washed away in water. And if you've never received his spirit, the Bible says that if we ask him, he will fill us with his spirit. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands for a moment. Hallelujah. Let's worship him for a moment. God, we worship you this morning. We're thankful, Lord God, for your great love, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to open the altar right now, and if you... If the enemy has been lying to you that you don't belong here, you don't belong as a Christian, that you'll never make it, remember Mephibosheth and his lameness, that he was called to the king's table because of love. And God calls you this morning with his love, from his love. And for everybody else, I'm calling you to make a commitment that, God, I'm going to do better. I'm going to prioritise better. I'm going to make it a point to be in your, in your presence every single day, whether it's for five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever it is, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to make a commitment because of my great love for you. I want to love you, oh God, I want to love you more. I want to love my King more. Hallelujah, hallelujah.